is up, everybody? It's your boy Tyreek, and welcome back to another episode of The Back Room. It is Thursday, February 17th. It's fucking Friday, Jr. Let's go. I hope everybody's having a great day whenever the fuck you're listening to this. Um, I'm sorry for the long absence. I, I don't, you know, I've been very uh, busy, very tired. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um... Shout out to the Los Angeles Rams for winning the Super Bowl. Not the team I wanted to win, but you know what? They kind of deserved it. Now I'm over it. Um, yeah, but they uh, they throw some uh, weak-ass parades out there in L.A. It's not like Boston parades, just saying. Um, um yeah, uh honestly today I don't have too too much to say uh, regarding personal life um, so I'm just gonna cut to the chase before I do that shout out to my guy Parker what's up Parker I hope you're having a good day buddy I always hope Parker has the blessed day like the most blessed day out of all of us you know he just he really grinds at work you know he makes it happen um and he's the shit, and he's going to be in charge of us for the next couple of days, which is going to be exciting. I honestly like it when Parker's in charge, because I feel like shit gets done, um, like done done, not to say that my boss doesn't, you know, help shit move along, but my boss is going on vacation for two weeks, and... When Parker's in charge, man, I'll tell you what, warehouse never looks so good. <laughs> oh, before I also start, I um, I have a new podcast, by the way, um, another podcast, I should say, um, for anybody who's interested in sports, um, mainly the NFL and uh, the NBA. I have a podcast. It's called Fourth and Wrong. Um, I have a co-host. We do it via Skype, not Skype, via Zoom. Um, and it's it's fun. We only have two episodes out so far, but they're pretty cool. Um, we're on Spotify only. Don't know why. I'm waiting to be put on Apple Podcasts for that one. Um, I, I, you know, put in the... Uh, information so i mean it should be coming soon at least but you know we'll see um so yeah yeah um anyways so we're going to continue talking about uh black history month or just cases that take place within um the uh african american community both uh against and as suspects um so today we're gonna go we're gonna go to the suspect route so today we're gonna be talking about the dc sniper attacks also known as the beltway sniper attacks uh there were a series of coordinated shootings that occurred during three weeks in october 2002 in the district of columbia maryland and virginia 10 people were killed and three others were critically wounded in the Baltimore-Washington metropolitan area and along Interstate 95 in Virginia. The snipers were John Allen Muhammad, age 41 at the time, and Lee Boyd Malvo, age 17 at the time, who traveled in a blue 1990 Chevrolet Caprice sedan. Their crime spree, which began in February 2002, included murders and robberies in the states of Alabama, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, and in Washington, D.C., which resulted in seven deaths and seven wounded. In ten months, the snipers killed 17 people and wounded ten others. None of the killed were children, but but one of the wounded was. Okay. Um, At least they had morals. (laughs) Um, In September 2003, Muhammad was sentenced to death, and in in October, Malvo, a juvenile, was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences without parole. In in November 2009, Muhammad was put to death by lethal injection. 
In 2017, the United States Court of Appeals for the Fourth Cert for the Fourth Circuit d- vacated Malvo's three life sentences without parole in Virginia on appeal, with resentencing order ordered pursuant to the Supreme Court's ruling in the case case of Miller v. Alabama in 2012, which held that mandatory life sentences for juvenile criminals without possibility of parole violate the Eighth Amendment to the to the U.S. Constitution. The U.S. Supreme Court granted satiori, I think that's how you say that word, I don't know how you say that word, um, on February 24th, excuse, February 25th, 2020, after the passage of the law allowing those who were serving life sentences for offenses committed before the age of 18 to seek release after serving 20 years, the U.S. Supreme Court was dismissed court case was dismissed as a request of lawyers on both sides <clears throat> on february 16 2002 21 year old cashier kenya nicole cook was shot and killed by lee malvo at the front door of her aunt's home in tacoma washington cook's aunt Issa nichols had been good friends with john allen muhammad's ex-wife mildred and had, had encouraged her to seek a divorce on March 19, 2002, Jerry Taylor, 60, was killed by a single shot to the chest fired from a long range as he practiced ship, excuse me, chip shots at a Tucson, Arizona golf course. Muhammad's sister lived near the golf course and he was visiting her at the time of the shooting. Two deaths and four injuries followed in other states from March through July 2002. On August 1st, 2002, John Gaeta, 51, was changing a tire slashed by Malvo at a parking lot in Hammond, Louisiana. Malvo then shot him in the neck. The bullet exited through Gaeta's back as he pretend, excuse me, and he pretended to be dead while Malvo stole his wallet. Gaeta ran to a service. Gaeta ran to a service station after the shooter left and discovered that he was bleeding. <clears throat> he went to a hospital and was released within an hour. On March 1st, 2010, he received a letter of apology from Malvo. On September 5th, 2002, at 10.30 p.m., Paul LaRuffa, a 55-year-old pizzeria owner, was shot six times at close range while locking up his Italian restaurant in Clinton, Maryland. LaRuffa survived the shooting, and his laptop computer was found in John Allen Muhammad's car when he, when he and Malvo were arrested. On September 21st, at 12.15 a.m., 41-year-old Million A. Waldemarium, I think that's how you say that, was fatally shot in the head and back with a twenty-two caliber caliber pistol in Atlanta, Georgia. Walden Waldemarium was helping the owner of a Sammy's package store close close up for the night when the shooting occurred. They call it package store other places. Some people, for people who aren't listening in New England or Massachusetts, um, a package store is, um, it's a liquor store. That's what they mean, the liquor store. You go to the packy, the package store. It's weird. That's strange. Maybe it actually means like a, a package store, like a, like a parcel room or something. I don't know. 19 hours later on the same day, Claudine Parker, Parker, a 52-year-old liquor store clerk in Montgomery, Alabama, was shot in the chest and killed during a robbery. Her co-worker, 24-year-old Kelly Adams, was critically wounded with a shot through the neck but survived. Evidence found at the crime scene eventually tied this killing to the Beltway attacks and allowed authorities to identify Muhammad and Malvo as suspects, although this connection was not made until October 17th, almost four weeks later. On September 23rd, 2002, at 6 p.m., 45-year-old Hong M. Bel- Bellinger, that's a weird, that's a, that's a, 
strange name, Hong M. Bellinger, was shot in the head and killed with a Bushmaster rifle in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Louisiana. Mohammed and Malvado. Sorry. Fucking did it again. Mohammed and Malvo were later linked to the attack to the to the killings. Not the attacks, the killings. The killings. To kill. Shoot to thrill. Play to kill. Will I get censored for singing that song? Probably. Maybe I shouldn't sing it. My bad. Um <clears throat> At 5.20 p.m. on Wednesday, October 2nd, 2002, a shot was fired through a window of a Michael's Craft Store in Aspen Hill. The bullet narrowly missed Ann Chapman, a cashier at the store. Since no one was injured, the shot was assumed to be random and no serious alarms were raised. <clears throat> However, approximately one hour later at 6.30 p.m., James Martin, a 55-year-old program analysis for NOAA, was shot and killed at 2201 Randolph Road in the parking lot of a shopper's food warehouse grocery store located in Wheaton. On the morning of October 3rd, four people were shot dead within the span of approximately two hours in Aspen Hill and other nearby areas in Montgomery County. Another was killed that evening in the Tacoma neighborhood of the district of district of the district of Columbia. I don't know why I fucking just of the district of the district of Columbia. Jesus, Tyreek, learn how to fucking read. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little uh, emotional there. Anyways, at seven forty-one a.m., James L. Buchanan, a thirty-nine-year-old landscaper known as Sonny, was shot dead at eleven four eleven Rockville Pike in. Rockville, Maryland. Buchanan was shot while mowing the grass at the Fitzgerald Auto Malls. At 8.12 a.m., a 54-year-old part-time taxicab driver, Prem Kumar Walekar, was killed in Aspen Hill in Montgomery County while pumping gasoline in his, into his taxi at a mobile station at Aspen Hill Road and Connecticut Avenue. At 8.37 a.m., Sarah Ramos, a 34-year-old babysitter and housekeeper, was killed at 3701 Rossmore Boulevard at the Leisure World Shopping Center in Norbeck. She had got off a bus and... Sorry, I, I spaced there. Uh, she had got off a bus and was seated on a bench reading a book. At 8... Excuse me. At 9.48 a.m., 25-year-old Lori Ann Lewis Rivera was killed while vacuuming her Plymouth Grand Voyager at a shell station at the intersection of Connecticut and Knowles Avenue in Kensington, Maryland. The snipers waited until 9.20 p.m. before shooting Pascal Char Charlotte. I think that's how you say that. Uh, a 72-year-old retired carpenter while he was walking on Georgia Avenue at Calmia Road in Washington, D.C. Charlotte died less than an hour later. Um, in each shooting, the victims were killed by a single bullet fired from some distance, and in each case, the killer struck and vanished. The pattern was not detected until after October third. The October third shootings occurred. Fear quickly spread throughout the region as news of the shooting spread. At a press conference meeting, Chief of Police of Montgomery County, Maryland, Charles Moose, informed parents that schools were on a code blue alert, keeping children indoors. He said that the schools were safe. Many parents picked up their children early at school, not allowing them to take the bus or walk home. Montgomery County Public Schools, District of Columbia Public Schools, and private schools went into to a lockdown with no recess or outdoor physical education classes. Other school districts in the area also took precautionary measures, keeping students indoors. 
During the course of the shootings, law enforcement agencies from neighboring states became embedded in the investigation through telephone tips. Police were only a few pieces, excuse me, police had only a few pieces of evidence to work with. One initial report said that during the Silver Springs attack, Sorry, I'm kind of itchy there. During the Silver Spring attack, someone had reportedly seen a white box truck. After the murder in Washington, D.C., witnesses began telling police that they had seen a blue Chevrolet Caprice rather than a white box truck. The police initially believed that all the murders were carried out with a two twenty three caliber rifle. <laughs> Excuse me. At this point, Malva and Muhammad started covering a wider area and taking two or three days between shootings. On October 4th, 43-year-old housekeeper Caroline Sewell was wounded in the chest at 2.30 p.m. in the parking lot of another Michael's store in the Spots, Spotsylvania Mall in Spotsylvania. What the fuck is Spotsylvania? Is it in Maryland? Oh, Virginia. Spotsylvania. That's a, I've never heard of that. That's weird. Um, while she was loading purchases into her minivan. By this point, hundreds of journalists had covered... Nope, that's not the word. Um, it's converged. Sorry, converged. Hundreds of journalists had converged to cover the unfolding events. School officials reassured the public that they were taking every measure possible to protect children by tightening security and canceling all outdoor activities. On October 7th at 8.09 a.m., Iran Brown, a 13-year-old student, was shot in the chest and critically wounded as he arrived at the Benjamin Tasker Middle School at 4901 Collington Road in Bowie, Maryland, in Prince George's County. Brown's name was initially withheld from the public but late was later released. His aunt, T Tanya Brown, was a nurse who had just brought him to school. She rushed him to the emergency room. Despite serious injury, including damage to several major, major organs, Brown survived the attack and ultimately testified in Muhammad's trial. At this crime scene, the authorities discovered a shell casing, as well as a tarot card, the death card, inscribed with the phrase, Call Me God, on the front, and three separate lines on the back, For me... Excuse me, for you, Mr. Police, code, call me God, do not release to press. Despite police efforts, the honor, excuse me, the honor, Jesus Christ. Despite police efforts to honor the request not to release information about the card to the press, details were made public by WUSA TV and then the Washington Post just one day later. Well... I feel like all of that shit could have been... The rest of the attacks afterwards could have been um, avoided. Um, because, you know... You know, just... You, you're gonna keep going and shit. You know what I mean? It's just... Like, they told you not to release the information, and you release the information. So... Please, it's kind of on you on that one. Sorry. On October 9th at 8.18 p.m., 53-year-old civil engineer Dean Harold Myers was shot dead while pumping gasoline at a Sunoco gas station at 7203 Sudley Road in Prince Williams County, Prince William County, Virginia, near the city of Manassas. Manassas? On the morning of October 11th at 9.30 a.m., 53-year-old businessman Kenny, Kenneth Bridge was shot dead while pumping fuel at an Exxon station off Interstate 95 in Sotsylvania, Spotsylvania, sorry, Spotsylvania County, Virginia, near Fredericksburg. On October 14th at 9.15 p.m., 47-year-old Linda Franklin, an FBI intelligence analysis who was a resident of Arlington County, Virginia, was shot dead in a covered parking lot at Home Depot in Fairfax County, Virginia, just outside Falls Church at Seven Corners Shopping Center. The police received what seemed 
to be a very good lead after the October 4th shooting, but it was later determined that the witness was outside the Home Depot at the time and was lying. Sorry, was inside the Home Depot at the time, but was lying. The witness, Matthew Dowdy, was subsequently convicted of infer- interfering with the investigation. Look at that. Fucking dumbass. That's what you get for lying. Why would you lie in that situation? Like, this is a serious thing. This is literally life or death. Well, in this case, it was death, but still. Like, why would you lie? Why? I don't, I don't understand those people who would just, like, straight up lie about these things. But I don't know. Um, at this point, gas stations had begun to put tarps up to conceal their customers. Malvo and Muhammad did not commit any more crime, any more shootings for five days. On October 19th at 8 p.m., 37-year-old Jeffrey Hopper was shot in a parking lot near the Ponderosa Steakhouse at State Route 54 in Ashland, Virginia, about 90 miles south of Washington, near Interstate 95. His wife, Stephanie, called out to passersby who phoned for an ambulance, enabling Hopper to survive his injuries. Authorities discovered a four-page letter from the shooters, sorry, from the shooter in the woods that demanded $10 million and made a threat to children. Ooh. On October 21st, Richmond area p- police arrested two men, one with a white van outside a gas station. The men turned out to be undocumented immigrants with no connections to the shooter. The pair were administered cavity searches and were remanded into federal custody. Then the Immigration and Naturalization Service, which subsequently deported them. The next day, October 22nd, bus driver Conrad Johnson, 35 years old, was shot at 5.56 a.m. while standing on the steps of his bus at the 14100 block of Grand Prix Road in Aspen Hill, Maryland. Chief Moose, is that his name? Moose? What? Chief Moose? Release part of the content of one of the shooter's letters in which he declared, Your children are not safe anywhere at any time. Johnson later died of his injuries. While no shootings occurred on October 23rd, the next, sorry, the day is significant for two events. First, ballistic experts confirmed Johnson as the 10th fatality in the Beltway shootings. Second, in a yard in Tacoma, Washington, police searched with metal detectors for bullets, shell casings, and other evidence that might provide a link to the shooters, a tree stump believed to have been used for target practice was seized. The whole fucking tree stumped. Just pick it up. Pick it up. Throw it away. Pick it up. Throw it away. Um... Um, with seven separate shooting victims, including six deaths in the first 15 hours of the D.C. area spree, the North American media soon devoted extensive coverage to the shootings. By the middle of October 2002, all news and television networks provided live coverage of the aftermath of each attack, with the coverage often lasting for hours at a time. The Fox show American, America's Most Wanted devoted an entire episode to the shooters in hopes of aiding in their capture. Much of the coverage of the case in the New York Times was written by Jason Blair and subsequently found to be fabricated. Awesome. Fake. Fake news. It's fake news. Oh, you're from Santa and it's fake news. That's my horrible Donald Trump impression, sorry. Oh, hello, sir. We have a guest. It's Cash Money. Hi, Cash. Hi. Hi. Cash is my sister's dog that we dog sit once in a while. He's a good boy. Um, But he's going to be in here. Um, 
but he's a little hyper right now. I, he leaves toys in my room. If you can hear all the, oh, there it is, the squeaky ball. Awesome. Sorry, I had to stop the podcast. I had to give him some turkey just to leave me alone. Um, anyways, um, the ensuing scandal resulted in the resignation of the newspaper's two top editors, Howell Raines and Gerald, Gerald Boyd. <clears throat> During the weeks when the attacks occurred, public fear mounted of the apparently random shootings, especially in relation to such sites as service stations and parking lots of large stores where many had taken place. People pumping gasoline at gas stations kept moving, hoping to present a smaller target. Lisa Notgrass of Lake Jackson, Texas, recommended um, recommended to media that gas stations put up tarps around the awnings over the fuel pumps so people would feel safer. Also, many people with access tried to fuel their vehicles at the naval base of the National Naval Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, as they felt it was safer inside a guarded fence. Government buildings such as the White House, U.S. Capitol, and the U.S. and the U.S. Supreme Court building, and memorial tourist attractions at the National Mall in Washington D.C. also received heightened security. For the duration of the attacks, United States Senate pages received a driven police escort to and from the United States Capitol every day, and were not allowed to leave their residence halls for any reason except work. Driver of Drivers of white vans and box trucks were viewed at, viewed with suspicion from other motorists as initial report media reports indicated the suspects may have been driving such vehicle. After the specific threat against children was delivered, many school groups curtailed field trips and outdoor athletic activities based upon safety concerns. At the height of the public fear, some school districts such as Henrico County Public Schools and Hanover County Public Schools, after the Ponderosa shooting, closed schools for the day. Other schools such as the MJBHA canceled all outdoor activities after the shooting at the Connecticut and Aspen Hill intersection. Other changes... Excuse me. Others changed after-school procedures for parents to pick up their children to minimize the amount of time children spend in the open. Extra police officers were placed in schools because of this fear. Joel Schumer, sh- sorry, Joel Schumacher's film *Phone Booth* was deemed potentially upsetting, even uh, upsetting enough that its release was delayed until April 2003. The investigation was publicly headed by the Montgomery County Police Department and its chief of police, Charles Moose, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, or ATF, and the FBI, the U.S. Secret Service, and the Virginia Department of Transport, and police departments in other jurisdictions where shootings, shootings took place provided assistance in the investigation. Police responded within minutes to reports of attacks during the three weeks of the sniper attacks, cordoning, sorry, cordoning off nearby roads and highways and intersection, and excuse me, and inspecting all drivers, thereby grinding traffic to a halt for hours at a time. Police canvassed the area, talking to people and collecting surveillance tapes. On Friday night, October 4th, the five shootings on October 3rd and two on October 2nd were forensically linked to the same gun. Eyewitness accounts of the attacks were mostly confused and spotty. Hotlines set up for the investigation were flooded with tips. Early tips from eyewitnesses include a report of a white box truck with dark lettering speeding away from the Leisure World Shopping Center with two men inside. Police across the area and the state of Maryland were pulling over white vans and trucks. A gray car was spotted speeding away after the October 4th shooting in Spotsylvania. I still can't believe there's a place called Spotsylvania. It's, it's quite, like, awesome. Awesome. 
Um, <clears throat> the shooter's attempt, sorry, the shooter attempted to engage the police in a dialogue, compelling Moose to tell the media cryptic messages intended for the sniper. At several scenes of shootings, tarot cards were left as calling cards, including one death card upon which was written, Call Me God, on the front and on the back, on three separate lines, the words, For You, Mr. Police, Code, Call Me God, Do Not Release to the Press. Um... This information was leaked to the press and misquoted often as I am God or some similar misquote of the actual words on the tarot card. Well, see, of course the information was going to be leaked to the press. Nothing nothing stays a secret, you know. It's just fucking ridiculous. Um, at later scenes of crimes, the shooter left long. Sorry. At later scenes of the crimes, the shooter left long handwritten notes sealed inside plastic bags, including a rambling one that demanded $10 million and threatened the lives of children in the area. Um, A telephone call from the shooter or shooters was traced to a payphone at a gasoline station in in Henrico County, Virginia. Police missed the suspects by a matter of a few minutes and initially detained occupants of a van at another payphone in the same intersection. On the phone call, the sniper, boasting of his cleverness, mentioned a previous unsolved murder in Montgomery. This was identified as the September 21st shooting at a liquor store in Montgomery, Alabama. On October 17th, authorities said they matched Malvo's fingerprints found at the Benjamin Tasker Middle School site with one lifted from the Montgomery liquor store scene. After confirming the link between the two crime scenes, the FBI was able to link these fingerprints to Malvo due to his fingerprint his fingerprinting during a previous arrest in Washington state. After further research into Malvo's background, the police found he had a close ties to John John Allen Muhammad. Despite an apparent lack of progress publicly, federal authorities were making significant headway in their investigation and developed leads in Washington State, Alabama, and New Jersey. They learned that Muhammad's ex-wife, who was who had obtained a protective order against him, lived near the Capitol Beltway in Clinton, a community in suburban Prince George's County, Maryland, adjacent to Montgomery County. Information was also developed about an automobile purchase in New Jersey by Muhammad. <clears throat> Police discovered that the New Jersey license plate issued for Muhammad's 1990 Chevrolet Caprice had been checked by radio patrol cars several times near shooting locations in various jurisdictions in several states, but the car had not been stopped because law enforcement computer networks did not indicate that it was connected to any crime, excuse me, any criminal activity, and they were focused exclusively on a white van. On October 3rd, 2002, police in Washington, D.C. stopped the Caprice for a minor traffic traffic infraction two hours prior to the shooting of pascal charlotte witnesses later reported seeing a caprice near the scene of the of his shooting on october 8th baltimore police department investigated a dark blue chevrolet caprice with a person sleeping inside that was parked near the Jones Fall Expressway at 28th Street in Baltimore. The officers were concerned that the driver's license was from Washington State while the vehicle was registered in New Jersey. Although the vehicle was suspicious enough for them to investigate and it fit the description of a vehicle associated with the shooting in Washington, D.C. five days earlier, the officers did not question the occupants exclusively excuse me, extensively, nor did they search the vehicle. 
Authorities were quick to issue a media alert to the public to be on the lookout for a dark blue Chevrolet Caprice sedan. For the public, as well as for law enforcement agencies throughout the region, this was a major change from the mysterious white box truck earlier sought based upon reported sightings. The Chevrolet Caprice was later discovered to have formerly been used as an undercover police car in Board- Bordentown, New Jersey. <clears throat> the crime spree became, excuse me, the crime spree, spree, Jesus Christ, the crime spree came to a close at 3.15 a.m. on October 24th, 2002. That's my boy Keith's birthday. Shout out Keith. Uh, when Muhammad and Malvo were found sleeping in their car at a rest stop off Interstate 70 near Myersville, Maryland, and were arrested on federal weapons charges, police were tipped off by Whitey Donahue, who noticed the parked car. Four hours earlier, Montgomery County Police Chief Charles Moose had relayed this excuse me relayed this cryptic message to the sniper: "You have." indicated that you want us to do and say certain things you may ask us to say we might excuse me we caught the sniper like a duck in a noose we understand that hearing us say this is important to you moose excuse me moose asked the media to carry out the message accurately and often this statement may refer to a cherokee fable Trooper First Class D Wade, sorry, Trooper First Class D Wade Smith of the Maryland State Police was the first to arrive at the scene and immediately used his light blue unmarked police vehicle to block off the exit by positioning the car sideways between two parked tractors trailers. As more troopers arrived, they effectively sealed off the rest area at both entrances and exit ramps without the suspects being aware of the rapidly growing police presence. Later, sorry, let me, that was my phone. Um, later, as truck driver Ron Lance was attempting to exit the rest area, his tractor trailer was commandeered by troopers who used the truck in place of the police cars to complete the roadblock at an exit. With the suspect's escape route sealed off, the SWAT SWAT officers moved in to arrest them. A stolen Bushmaster 223 caliber weapon and bipod were found in a bag in Muhammad's car. Ballistic te- ballistics tests later conclusively linked the seized rifle to 11 of four- the 14 shootings, including of one of one of which, sorry, including one of which Jesus Christ, including one in which no one was hurt. Um sorry. Um shit. The attacks were carried out with a stolen Bushmaster XM-15 semi-automatic 223 caliber rifle equipped with Bushnell holographic weapon sight effective at ranges up, up to 300 meters or 984 feet, damn, which was found in the vehicle. The trunk of the Chevrolet, Chevrolet Caprice was modified to serve as a rolling sniper's nest. And, sorry, the, black, the back seat was modified to allow a person access to the trunk. Once inside, the sniper would lie prone and take shots through, the, through a small hole created for the purpose, excuse me, for that purpose near the license plate. Investigators and the prosecution suggested during pre-trial motions that Muhammad intended to kill his second ex-wife Mildred, who felt, who, who he felt had estranged him from his children. According to this theory, other shootings were intended to cover up the motive for the crime. Muhammad believed that the police would not focus on the estranged ex-husband as a suspect if Mildred appeared to be a random victim of a serial killer. During the attacks, Muhammad frequented the neighborhood where she lived, and some of the incidences occurred nearby. Additionally, he had earlier made threats against her. Mildred herself said that 
she was his intended target, claiming that when police had fir- when the police had first ap- approached her, one officer said, "Mrs. Muhammad, didn't you know you were a target?" However, Judge Leroy Millett Jr. prevented prosecutors from presenting that theory during the trial, saying that a link had not been firmly established. While imprisoned, Malvo wrote a number of erratic diatribes, I think that's how you say that, about what he termed jihad against the United States. I've been accused on my mission. Allah knows I'm going to suffer now, he wrote, because his rants and drawings featured not only such figures as Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein, but also characters from the film series The Matrix. These These mussings were dismissed as immaterial. Some investigators reportedly said... They had all but eliminated terrorist ties or political ideologies as a motive. Nonetheless, in at least one of the ensuing murder trials, a Virginia court found Muhammad guilty of killing pursuant to the direction or order of terrorism. At a 2006 trial of Muhammad, Malvo testified that the aim of the killing spree was to kidnap children for the purpose of extorting money from the government and to set up a camp to train children how to terrorize cities with the ultimate goal being to shut things down across the United States. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Before the trial, Chief Moose engaged in a public publicity tour for his book on the sniper investigation including appearances on dateline nbc the today show and the tonight show assistant prince william county commonwealth's attorney james willett told the washington post personally i don't understand why someone who had been in law enforcement his whole life would potentially damage our case or compromise a jury pool by doing this change of value requests by defendant sorry, defense attorneys, were granted, and the first trials were held in an independent city, in the independent cities of Chesapeake and Virginia Beach in southern, southeastern Virginia, more than 100 miles from the closest alleged attack, which is in Ashland, Virginia. During their trials in the fall of 2013, sorry, 2003, Involving two of the victims in Virginia, Muhammad and Malvo were each found guilty of murder and weapon char- weapons charges. The jury in Muhammad's case recommended that he be sentenced to death, while Movado, sorry, Malvo's jury recommended he be sentenced to life in prison without parole instead of the death penalty. The judge, the judges concurred in both cases. Alabama law enforcement authorities alleged that the sniper engaged in a series of previously unconnected attacks prior to October 2nd in Montgomery, Alabama. Other charges were also pending in Maryland and other communities in Virginia. After the initial conviction and sentencing, Will Jarvis, the assistant Prince William County prosecutor, stated he would wait to decide whether to try Malvo on capital charges in his jurisdiction until the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on whether juveniles may be subjected to the penalty of execution. While that decision is an unrelated case, me, while that decision in an unrelated case was still pending before the High Court in October 2004, under a plea agreement, Malvo pleaded guilty in another case in. Spotsylvania County for another murder to avoid the possible death penalty sentence and agreed to additional sentencing of life imprisonment imprisonment without parole. Malvo had yet to face trial in Prince William County. In March 2005, the Supreme Court ruled in Roper v. Simmons that the Eighth Amendment prohibits execution for crimes committed when under the age of 18. 
in light of this Supreme Court decision, the prosecutors in Prince Williams County, sorry, Prince William County, decided not to pursue the charges against Malvo. Prosecutors in Maryland, Louisiana, and Alabama were still interested in putting both Malvo and Muhammad on trial. As Malvo was 17 when he committed the crimes, he could no longer face the death penalty, but still could be extradited to Alabama, Louisiana, and other states for prosecution. At the time of Roper v. Simmons ruling, Malvo was 20 years old and was held at Virginia's maximum security Red Onion State Prison in Pound Wise County. Muhammad with his sniper team partner Malvo repeatedly excuse me, randomly selected innocent victims. Virginia Supreme Court Justice Donald Lemons wrote in the decision, while cal- with calculation, extensive planning, premeditation, and ruthless disregard for life, Muhammad carried out his cruel scheme of terror. Muhammad's death penalty was affirmed by the Virginia Supreme Court on October, sorry, on April 22, 2005, when it ruled that he could be sentenced to death because the murders the murder was part of an act of terrorism this line of reasoning was based on the handwritten note demanding 10 million dollars the court rejected an argument by defense lawyers that muhammad could not be sentenced to death because he did not he was not the triggerman in the killings linked to him and Malvo. Malvo. <sighs> sorry, I gotta take a take a little breath here. On September eighteenth, sorry, sixteenth, two thousand nine, the circuit court judge Mary Grace O'Brien set an execution date by lethal injection of November tenth, two thousand nine. His attorneys petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court to stay his execution, but it was declined. Sorry, denied, declined. Well, it still works there. They also requested clemency from U.S. Sorry, Virginia Governor Tim Kaine, but this was denied as well. Muhammad was executed by lethal injection at Green Greensville Correctional Center in Jarrett, Virginia, on November tenth, two thousand nine. The execution procedure began at nine o six p.m. Muhammad was pronounced dead five minutes later. It was reported that when asked if he had any last words, Muhammad made no reply. 27 people, including victims' family members, witnessed his execution. In May 2005, Virginia and Maryland announced they had reached an agreement to allow Maryland to proceed with prosecution prosecuting charges there where the most shootings occurred. There were media reports that Malvo and his legal team were willing to negotiate his with his cooperation and he waived extradition to Maryland. Sorry, I don't know why I couldn't read that. Uh, Muhammad and his legal team responded by fighting extradition to Maryland. Muhammad's legal team was ultimately unsuccessful, and extradition was ordered by a Virginia judge in August 2005. Maryland agreed to transfer Muhammad and Malvo back to the Commonwealth of Wealth of Virginia after their trial. A date for Muhammad's pending execution in Virginia had been set for November 10, 2009, which I already said. Uh, Malvo pleaded guilty to six murders and confessed to others in other states while being interviewed in Maryland and testified against Muhammad. Malvo was sentenced to six consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole, but in 2017, his sentence in Virginia was overturned after an appeal. On May 30, 2006, a Maryland jury found John Allen Muhammad guilty of six counts of murder in Maryland. In return, he was sentenced to six consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole on June 1, 2006. On May 6, 2008, it was revealed that Muhammad had asked prosecutors in a letter to help him end legal appeals of the, his conviction and death sentence so that you can murder the innocent black man. 
sorry, this innocent black man. An appeal filed by Muhammad's defense lawyer in April 2008 cited evidence of brain damage that might render Muhammad incompetent to make legal decisions and that he should not have been allowed to represent himself in his Virginia trial. Almost done here. In John Allen Muhammad's May 2006 trial in Montgomery County, Maryland, Lee Boyd Malvo took the stand and confessed to the 17 murders. He also gave a more detailed version of the pair's plans. Malvo, after extensive psychological counseling, admitted that he was lying at the earlier Virginia trial where he had admitted to being the triggerman for every shooting. Malvo claimed that he had said this in order to protect Muhammad from the, from a potential death sentence and because it was more difficult to obtain the death penalty as a minor. Malvo said he that he wanted to do what little he could for the families of the victims by letting the full story be told. In his two days of testimony, Malvo outlined detailed aspects of all the shootings. Part of his testimony concerned Muhammad's complete multi-phase plan. His plan consisted of three phases in the Washington, D.C. and Baltimore metro areas. Phase one consisted of meticulously planning, mapping, and practicing their locations around the D.C. area. This way, after each shooting, they would be able to quickly leave the area on a predetermined path and move on to the next location. Muhammad's goal in phase one is to kill six white people a day for 30 days. Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. 180 people, I think, if I did the math right there. Um, Malvo went on to describe how Phase 1 did not go as planned due to heavy traffic and the lack of a clear shot or getaway at locations. Phase 2 was meant to take place in Baltimore, Maryland. Malvo described how this phase was was close close to being implemented, but was not carried out. Phase two was intended to begin by killing a pregnant woman by shooting her in the stomach. The next day, sorry, the next step would have been to shoot and kill a Baltimore police officer. Then, at the officer's funeral, they planned to detonate several improvised explosive devices complete, sorry, complete with shrapnel, These explosives were intended to kill a large number of police since many police would attend another officer's funeral. This is true. The last phase was to take place during or shortly after phase two, which was to extort several several million dollars from the United States government. This money would be used to finance a large plan to travel north to Canada. Along the way they would stop at YMCA's and orphanages recu- recruiting other impressionable young black boys with no parents or guidance. Muhammad thought he could act as their father figure as he did with Malvo. Once he recruited a large number of young black boys and made his way up to Canada, he would begin their training. Malvo described how John Muhammad intended to train boys as weapons and stealth excuse me, in weapons and stealth, as he had been taught. Finally, after their training was complete, John Allen Muhammad would send them out across the United States to carry out mass shootings in other cities, excuse me, many other cities, just as he had done in Washington and Baltimore. These attacks would be coordinated and be intended to send the country into chaos that had already been built up after 9-11. According to the Seattle Times, in a story of October, sorry, April, I don't want, why do I always want to say October when I want to say April? April 20th, 2003, Muhammad had honed his marksmanship at a 
bull's eyes firing range. The newspaper also reported that Malvo told investigators that he had shoplifted a 35-inch long carbine from the supposedly secured store. According to the ATF officials, the store and its owners had been had a long history of firearm sales and record, records viol, and records violations and a file 283 283 page thick. They had a file 283 pages thick. Wow. In July 2003, the ATF revoked the federal firearms license of Brian Borgelt, a former staff sergeant with the United States, sorry, the U.S. Army Rangers, and owner of Bullseye Shooter Supply. Later that month, he transferred ownership of the store to a friend and continued to own the building and operate the adjacent shooting gallery. On January 16, 2003, the Legal Action Project of the Brady Center to Prevent Gun Violence on behalf of the families of many of the victims of the sniper attacks, both in and out of the D.C. area, who were killed, including Hong M. Bellinger, Sonny Buchanan Jr., Lyndon Franklin, Conrad Johnson, Sarah Ramos, and James L. Prem Kumar Walkar, as well as two, as two victims who survived the shooting, Rapinder Benny Obori and 13-year-old Iran Brown, filed a civil lawsuit against Bullseye Shooter Supply and Bushmaster Firearms, Inc. of Wyndham, Maine. Of course they're from Maine, fucking hicks. Uh, the gun distributor and manufacturer that made the rifle used in the crime spree, as well as... Borgelt, Muhammad, and Malvo. Muhammad, who had a criminal record of domestic battery, and Movamo, Mo, Movamo, and Malvo, a minor, were each legally prohibited from purchasing firearms. So how the fuck did they get that firearm? The suit claimed that Bullseye Shooter Supply ran its gun store in Tacoma, Washington, in such a grossly negligent manner that scores of its guns routinely disappeared from its store and it kept such shoddy records that it could not account for the Bushmaster rifle used in the sniper shootings when asked by federal agents for records of sales for the weapon. It was alleged that the dealer could not account for hundreds of guns received from manufacturers in the years immediately prior to the Beltway sniper attacks. It was also claimed that Bullseye continued to sell guns in the same irresponsible manner even after Muhammad and Malvo were caught and forced to have acquired the weapon, sorry, and found to have acquired the weapon there. Bushmaster was included in the suit because it allegedly continued to sell guns to Bullseye as a dealer despite an awareness of its record-keeping violations. The case had been set for trial in April 2005. However, the party settled before then. Bushmaster said it settled because of the escalating legal fees and the dwindling amount of insurance money it had left for the case. Bullseye contributed $2 million and Bush. Master contributed $500,000 in an out-of-court settlement. Bushmaster also agreed to educate its dealers on safer business practices. After the settlement was announced, WTOP Radio in Washington, D.C. reported that Sonia Willis, mother of victim Conrad Johnson, said her family took part in the lawsuit more to send a message than to collect money. I think the message I think a message was delivered that you should be responsible and accountable for the actions of irresponsible people when you make these guns and put them in their hands, she said. A memorial for the victims of the DC area sniper attacks is located at Brookside Gardens in Wheaton, Maryland. An additional memorial was constructed in 2014 in the government plaza of Rockville, Maryland. 
And bitches, that's fucking it. Um, I hope you had a good fucking day. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I love you. You know what it is. Fucking mask up. Stay healthy. Um, uh, 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 Yo, fucking stay hydrated. And uh, don't skip a meal because only races skip meals. Um, Take care. Brush your hair or brush your beard if you don't have hair. If you don't have a bit, just just brush your ball sack. I don't know. Um, anyways, I love you guys. Bye.